You're listening to episode 168 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog 360vegaspodcast.com, click on the Amazon banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Brian, since we last recorded, I have been referred to as both the bad boy of podcasting (laughs) and the F-man. And both were intended to be compliments. And I have to say, this is exactly the persona I've been cultivating. All these the years. bad boy of podcasting. Yes. Where, who, who, gave, who gave you that? I believe that was Sky on the Rocks referred to me as the bad boy of podcasting. And then Stewart's <laughs> partner referred to me as the F-man. The F-man. Okay. <laughs> okay. All of this is good. <laughs> All right. So we're just a month out from 360 Vegas Vacation 2. And there's two items we want to do address before we get started on the show. First off... We will be using Periscope so people can enjoy some of the highlights of the show. Now, those of you unfamiliar with Periscope, this is the newest or a newer form of social media, which is essentially live streaming. So you'll literally be able to be with us at the time that we're doing these things and see what we're seeing. Have you dicked around with this at all yet? No, not not at all. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, this is stupid. And then you start watching a few people, and Derek Stevens is is a frequenter of it, and he's done a really great job of sharing some behind-the-scenes stuff that was riveting, but I've also found that some of the dumbest fucking things ever are now interesting to me. It's like, I'm watching you walk your dog right now. <laughs> yeah. See, there's. I've got too much going on in my own life uh, to give that much of a fuck about what someone else is doing. Well, it's funny. I tend to seldom ever stay through the whole thing. It's just kind of like, what's going on right now in that person's life? Mm-hmm. Now, your, your life is boring. I'm not going to, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> I feel, and I feel bad for you. Right. <laughs> I feel bad. Now, the other thing that a lot of people have been asking us about is the Flamingo Pool Cabana experience because anybody who's ever stayed at a Vegas property knows you can't really go to other properties' pools. So, mm-hmm. Here's what you need to do. When you get to the gate where they would normally ask you for your room key, just tell them you're with 360 Vegas. Failing that, and I'll explain why in a second, failing that, just tell them you're there to gamble. Legally, they cannot refuse you. Now, the reason I say there's a possibility that saying you're with us would fail is, as I'm becoming very annoyed with, I, I, for some reason, some properties just don't get back to you. They just they just take their good old fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can see future Vegas vacations just being like any other vacation you were going like you know what we're going to go in and we're going to take over a place I know when it's going to be dead so we're going to go in there we're going to take over this table because I'm just there are some that line the fuck up and can't wait to I mean all we're really doing is we're I'll reach out to properties and say hey we really like your property we'd like to feature it could you accommodate us in some way what about this what about a time could you do this some of them cannot wait to do whatever it is we need them to do others 
fucking eternity. Like, all I need is a yes or no, honestly. Just a yes or a fucking no. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't know what Flamingo's doing. But one way or another, we're, uh, we're getting people in there, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Yeah. How about the random Vegas for this week? There are 15 million miles of neon tubing in Vegas. We got that from at Golden Gate Vegas. And I thought it was, it was timely considering a place that had a shit ton of it just got shut down. So. Mm -hmm. That's it is interesting. It is fascinating. I, I, I'm not rambling. Fuck it. <laughs> Don't do it. No, nope. Don't you I do it. I will not do it. All right. And then we got the Vegas Meet review of the week as well. Yeah, this week's review is Michael Simon's May 5th review of You Show at Monte Carlo. Gave it five out of five chips. Yeah, Michael writes, some of the best ramen I have ever had and at not too crazy of a price. The steamed buns are also very delicious and out of the chicken, pork, and cod offerings, the cod surprised me is the one I enjoyed the most. If you like both gin and sake, try their road soda. It's like a Tom Collins with sake. So surprisingly good, I ordered a second one. Nice. Those of you who don't know, Yusho is located outside of Monte Carlo. It's part of the whole new promenade that they're making for the park. So, mm -hmm. Cool. Very cool. New experiences and, shared. Oh, yeah. And there's, you know, I mean, that's that's why, you know, people go to Vegas as often as they do is for the uh, constantly evolving landscape. Yep. Indeed. All right. Let's move on to the topic of the week. Many of us have found ourselves in a casino in the wee hours of the morning, an hour or so before the sun rises, when the place is just about empty. That feeling can best be described as magical, like being locked inside a toy store when you were 11. The ambiance is familiar yet strange. Slot machines chime out their subliminal tones, enticing you to come play. Video poker machines chirp the current state of play, and chips clicking are clearer than you've ever heard them before. Unfettered by the excessive chatter from people playing, or at least reduced to a dull mumble. While the noise has receded, the energy remains, and a new millionaire can be christened at any moment, even at this hour. That pulse, with a subtle trace of adrenaline, flatlined May 4th at the Riviera, and at Vital Vegas captured the essence of what it looks like to watch the life of a casino blink out of existence. No more winners will be awarded, no more cheers will erupt from craps tables, and no more jackpot sirens will sound. The only question left is, what does it feel like being in a casino without any of those things? Is it as quiet as the photo insinuates, or does your mind supply the ambiance from past memories? Or does it feel like this place is dead? Let's go down to the barrage, <laughs> which is what has been happening for years and years. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I can't speak to having been in a casino like at that particular point and at, at like, like you know like maybe what are we like been talking three or four in the morning or so? Yeah, four or five. Yeah, I've see I've been down early, you know, like you know I've done the I've been up because of the time changes and stuff. Having lived on east on Eastern time, you know I've been screwed up to the point where I'm heading down to the casino at, you know, like six and seven in the morning. Right. And it's, you know, it's kind of like that. It's not completely empty, but I mean, you know, it's like, it's kind of close, I guess. I think it's, I, I tend to think of it as the first shift in Vegas mm -hmm. yeah. because you've got the first shift where there are people like yourself who are early risers, the people that exercise, the older folks, they're, they're starting to take over the casino. The energy starting to kick up. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you've got the degenerate gamblers that'll kick in around after lunch too. They're, they're, I guess it's not fair to call them the, the degenerates because that's <laughs> shortly after Karen and I would get away from the pool and we start to meander in there and people who just can't tolerate it anymore or who just woke up at about noon are now down there. Then you get prime time in your evening and then you get you know the, the hard quarters in the, in the wee hours. So right, right. no judging. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. 
As always, willing to rusty man. <laughs> Gotta get back in the chair and get used to this. Man. As always, we'll link to the photo on our blog. We'll put it on our Flickr and Pinterest pages, feature it on our Facebook and Google Plus pages, the Twitter header, as well as the enhanced version of the show. All right, let's get into the news. Got a wonderful story uh, to start the news segment off with this week, and that is the penis couch having been stolen. Yeah, I, I figure it's best to not bury the lead. I mean, unless it's being buried deep inside another human being. And in this <laughs> case, it isn't. Following their final performance at the Riviera, crazy girls prepared for their relocation to Planet Hollywood. So they loaded props, technical equipment, and everything the production would need, minus the girls and the bronze asses, into a truck and moved it into a storage facility. However, around 3 a.m. Monday, security cameras captured a flatbed truck pull up around the facility and one man exited the vehicle and walked around the area for about 30 minutes. Then the camera catches him breaking the glass of one of the trucks, hot wires it, and drives it away. <laughs> now, according to the show's technical director, and as far as the insurance company needs to know, the value of the item stole is in excess of $300,000. I'd love to meet that buyer. There's <laughs> no way. You made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone added an extra zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, Harrison's. <laughs> Harrison's being rowdy downstairs, it sounds like. Like, I can hear him through my mic through your audio somehow. I hear him. <laughs> <laughs> I should shout down there, hey, we're trying to do a fucking show. I know. Do you fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, fucking coke down Have, there? A <laughs> Have a little decorum, you little fuck. <laughs> I was yelling at the TV the other day at the Bulls game, and uh, I was like, you know, I think I said something like, this is so stupid. And Harrison's like, it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be careful, man. He will repeat everything. (laughs) I do a pretty good job of not, not, you know, to filter myself around him, but censor. Oh, I don't censor myself around our boy. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's a dog. You little son of a bitch. (laughs) He's a fucking dog. Right. show's producer is offering a reward for information leading to the recovery of said property, which included costumes, a laptop which contained music and video for the production, and props, most noticeably, the penis-shaped couch. <laughs> I wonder if it's comfy and smooth. I is bet it, it is. Is it rigid? Is it flaccidly rigid? I would think I guess it that would be it, rigid and flaccid. That it's got, like, the built-in neck pillow uh, <laughs> where the foreskin would be, uh, which I think would be very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was cut properly. Right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right, let's move on before we take that into a very uncomfortable direction. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, J-Lo and her Vegas residency that I don't care about. That will you and my wife. One of the <laughs> hottest 45-year-olds in the history of the planet has signed on to be a resident performer at Planet Hollywood in the <laughs> Axis Theater, originally made famous by co-resident performer Britney Spears. And she is overwhelmingly thrilled about the prospect, saying, quote, I've been preparing for this moment my entire life. She went on to gush, quote, the show is going to be a multifaceted, high-energy, Jenny-from-the-block party mixing all aspects of what my friends and I love. It's going to be the show I've always dreamed of creating. Jennifer Lopez's residency at Planet Hollywood will begin in January of 2016. The release dates confirmed are Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, January 20th through February 6th. 
with one additional performance Tuesday, February 9th. Then again, Sunday, Wednesday, and Saturday, May 22nd through June 11th. Shows will start at 9 p.m. Tickets will start at $71. You have no interest in this at all? No, not, not whatsoever. Do you find it more appealing than Britney Spears? Uh, I find them equally unappealing. Interesting. For some reason, I find... Like, Britney Spears, it, it, the interest is there because it's Vegas and she's a pop icon that has been a derailed train mm. many, many times. Lopez, I'm curious about. I don't know why. Maybe because I think she's insanely known. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know if she's talented or not. Karen's like, oh, she can <laughs> sing. I'm like, she can sing. She's got a range. It's just limited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But eh, don't care. Don't care. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. Next up, we've got some information on the Las Vegas Arena. Yeah, according to the stadium's website, April 30th, 2016 will be when the Las Vegas Arena opens behind New York, New York. Vegas Chatter also shared that there will be a stage outside of the stadium facing east, therefore drawing traffic from the Strip. Current projections are the stadium is 60% done and, barring any setbacks, should have the roof installed by the time of this recording. While the city currently doesn't have either, the venue will be NBA and NHL quality, seating 20,000 plus. Currently, there are still no plans to build parking for the venue. Plans are to still utilize existing parking facilities at MGM Properties in the area. They must realize that this is a huge disaster of an idea. I mean, locals... <laughs> locals maybe, they, maybe they don't. I, locals tend to never want to go to the Strip anyway. So, you know, let's make supporting the city's first professional team, assuming they end up getting one, the biggest pain in the ass is absolutely possible. I mean, I've never understood how things like this. You've got billions and billions uh, of logistical data that has been collected over years and years in multiple markets, trial and error, and it seems to be ignored in cases like this. I just, I, I, I desperately want a job where I can be wrong fucking constantly and get a huge, huge salary. <laughs> that sounds like a dream come true, Mark. Yeah, it's, I can't imagine, the most liberal projections can't be any more than 25 to 30% being tourists, right? For professional sports, to support... I, yeah, well, we've talked about this a number of times. I can't imagine that the number of locals is going to be too tremendously high. Because, mm. you know, most you locals, are, face, locals, they're fucking working. Oh, you so know? you don't... Yeah, but it's a professional sports franchise. I mean, it's it, it, it's going to die if it's hinged on, on tourists. No? Well, I don't... It, it, it's difficult to say, I mean, I guess, because I just don't really have a whole lot of information to go off of. Like, if you think about places like if you think about markets that have professional teams uh you know they're they're not generally speaking they're not huge tourist areas without having a really large local population okay you know what i mean so it's you know i may have had contradicting perspectives on this situation um in the past uh, but that's, I think, just because I've been trying to wrap my head around. Because if you can, if you can think of, about it for a second, imagine what market that has professional sports teams that is a big tourist area, but doesn't have the big local population. Like, for example, like New York obviously has a lot of tourists. Right. Even Chicago and Los Angeles, you know, those are the three biggest cities, obviously, in the right. United States. They have a lot of tourists and a lot of travel for business and things like that. But with if you take all that away, there's still a ton of locals. I mean, right. uh, I mean, it, it's it's a very dramatic difference as to what you know Las Vegas has. It is interesting. It's not like Orlando put the magic in the Magic Kingdom, mm -hmm. right? You know? Yeah. So right. I, I get what you're saying. It, 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 this 
I, I don't know. I, I don't see how this can be successful because from the standpoint of you need locals to make a professional franchise actually work. And if you're going to make it a giant pain in the ass for them, they're not they're not going to come. I, my hope is they already have land nearby that can be quickly paved over, if only more to the west, you know, the west of, the, of that property. So it encourages locals that don't have to drive all the way up to the fucking strip. They drive you know stop right by the stadium their parking area there maybe sure. only for locals i don't i don't know mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 hard to say it's hard to say i think there's because something like this hasn't really been done before right. necessarily in the same way right. i think that's probably why it's difficult to kind of wrap your head around it right. at least for me it is anyway no i'm with you all right. Well, let's move on to our next piece, which is the Resorts World, and they're actually beginning construction. Yep. Resorts World broke ground on their $4 billion project on the former Stardust site just 27 hours after Riviera closed its doors. Festivities included thunder drummers, costume dancers, and more stereotypical Asian pomp and circumstance. <laughs> Revised plans for the Asian-themed resort include four towers with 6,500 rooms total, 175,000-square-foot casino, a 4,000-seat theater featuring cultural productions, an aquarium, a panda habitat, indoor water park, and a replica of the Great Wall of China. (laughs) New concept art. I I know. What are you going to look at? Like on what? This looks just like a giant wall. Look at this. Yeah. You see how long and giant this wall is? I can't imagine there's another giant wall like this anywhere other than China. (laughs) I heard they have something like this over in Asia. (laughs) Right. But it's not as good. New concept art was also revealed, as it tends to be, as these things evolve. The project will create 30,000 construction jobs, 13,000 permanent jobs, until they realize they don't need all those people, and plans to open in early 2018. Apparently, there was a bit of a rift between Genting CEO and Steve Wynn, who arrived late to the ceremonies, something Asian culture, and all business culture, thinks is rude. It's quite rude. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. There, there's just some jockeying that, that people do that you know what it's kind of like it's kind of like why i don't like to celebrate my birthday because it always it always pisses me off when people think so highly of themselves like oh thanks for uh, wishing me a happy birthday they'd be like oh that's right my world does revolve around you, <laughs> you know, per- perhaps perhaps you find yourself far more important than the rest of the world. Maybe you should I, you should rethink I, that. I actually I actually really enjoy uh, deliberately either ignoring you, you know, by not saying anything, or saying something really rude to you on your birthday. Like <laughs> right. something about that, I just find a lot of enjoyment in. Yeah, I, I in all honesty, one of my like I've gotten way less tight about it as I've gotten older. But I, the mm-hmm. thing that still bothers me is. The, like, you know, guys, let's not make a big deal out of it. You know, if we, it's, I, we're not fucking doing balloons or cake or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> balloons? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're not doing the pinata this right. year. But what I can't stand are the people who, it's your birthday, right? You should get whatever the fuck you want. So it's like, yeah, you know, let's just not make a big deal. You know, obviously, if you want to wish me happy birthday, that's great, whatever. I, I, I get the concept now is less about that person, more about people celebrating that that a person exists. Mm-hmm. But what I cannot stand is when you make a concerted effort to not make a big deal out of it and people are like, oh, let's surprise him. We'll wish him happy birthday. We'll sing to him like going, <laughs> you know, if there's one day on this fucking planet, I don't have to put up with your shit. Why the fuck is it this? Why is it on this day? You don't listen to me. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know what? For my birthday, I'd like you to do nothing. Well, fuck that. We're totally making a huge deal out of this. Like, awesome. So glad I was born. So glad. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. 
But you digress. I digress. I do find it incredibly... I don't know if it's technically the term irony, but I, I think it's really interesting that after all is said and done, I share a birthday with the city of Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, di- I didn't until a few years ago when they made a huge deal out of it, and I was paying attention to social media for the show, and I'm like, holy shit, I've got the same birthday as Las Vegas? <laughs> that's go. cool. Yep. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to our next piece, uh, and that is related to the uh, the fight, the big fight. Manny Pacquiao is suing for losing. Oh, he's being sued oh, for losing. Misread that. Misread that. That's good. Don't worry. In a world where you can <laughs> sue people for just about anything, you're jumping on that opportunity. I am. Oh yeah, we're moving. I sound stupid for once. <laughs> a class action suit has been. Fi- I'm going to put it on repeat. It. <laughs> a class action suit has been filed against Manny Pacquiao for not disclosing that he was injured prior to his fight with Floyd Mayweather. After losing to Mayweather, and in typical loser excuses fashion, Pacquiao's camp revealed that Manny had a torn rotator cuff in his shoulder that will require surgery. I have two things to say about that. One, they're either full of shit because I've had a torn rotator cuff. That fucking hurts. Or two, that dude is muscular as shit and able to overcompensate it. There's a chance it's both... Or they're lying, or I guess there's a there's a lot of chances here. But well, I they was... can't they can't lie about it because they have to disclose the medical report. Oh, you're gonna... so he, I mean he he had a torn rotator cuff. I would say that he just received so much treatment prior to, leading up to the fight, and he's just obviously like he's his physical conditioning is you know peak human performance. Right. I would say he can probably, with all those things combined, I'm sure it was manageable. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's he. Use your rotator cuff for just about anything that you use your arms for, and it's a uh, stabbing pain when and it, I when can't. It hurts. I can't imagine that it didn't hinder uh, yeah. him in the ring. All right, I well, mean. I got some details. The injury originally occurred four weeks before the fight. However, it appeared to be sufficiently healed by fight time, and hence the reason why, when asked by the Nevada Athletic Commission if he had a shoulder injury, he checked no the day before the fight. Now, according to Pacquiao, he re-injured the shoulder in the fourth round of the fight. However. If that was the case, then why did his handlers unsuccessfully attempt to get him a pain-killing shot in that shoulder before the fight? The injury is also being blamed for limiting his effectiveness with Pacquiao's famous left hook. The class action suit is suing for damages for those who bought tickets, pay-per-view, or bet on the fight. Okay, the first two are absolute bullshit. This is all about the people who bet on the fight. They're just trying to lump in mm-hmm. one. Because, Brian, right. I can't sue the Browns for all the money I fucking paid to watch them play like shit for years, regardless oh, yeah. of who was injured or not. This is 100% about the people who bet on him and mm-hmm. lost. And had they known he was injured, wouldn't wouldn't have bet on him or wouldn't have bet as much. So, Right. I think that's... Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. Yeah. The Nevada boxing regulators are also looking into disciplinary action for not disclosing the injury, claiming it compromises the integrity of the sport. As one would expect, rematch hype has already begun, and the pressure will be on to have one because, while the receipts are still being added up, their fight has already broken all sorts of Vegas records, including an estimated $600 million in total revenue from tickets pay-per-view and various viewing parties that's intense gate revenue alone generated 72 million plus did you watch the fight i did not uh i was actually busy doing a bunch of not fun shit uh (laughs) i would have loved to have watched the fight yeah Uh, i Um, I just didn't get around to it (laughs) i uh i i honestly think that floyd mayweather is i mean it's it's clear he's not 
in his prime anymore. Well, neither of them are really. Yeah, goes right, right, right. But I'd say I would argue that you know I, I think I honestly believe that Pacquiao should have won the fight. Although I have some had some suspicions regarding whether or not like there was a level of um, theatrics to it in terms of the fight being kind of staged. Okay. You know, obviously that's a pretty big, that's a pretty bold accusation to make, but I think that with the amount of money involved and the predetermined earnings for both fighters prior to right. Mayweather's influence and his control over everything, mm-hmm. I, I can't help but wonder, you know, if like that fight was staged to a certain extent. That's that's a really interesting point, and here's why I, I'm going to... I, I, I don't, I don't want to outright agree with you, but I, I can connect the dots to go, oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. If they make this much money off of one fight, doesn't it make perfect sense to do a trilogy of them? Why not? Two, and, three, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's you make this kind of cash. You don't ever have to box again. You do this one, you do the sequel, you do the three, whoever pulls that out, oh, it's over. And now we are uber, uber rich. Did you watch the fight? No, I didn't watch it. No. See, here's my thing, and I don't understand why, but for some reason... Fights that tend to end up in a decision annoy me. Like, there's the, the thing that I like about boxing or I what see, I used yeah, to. I want to see somebody get knocked yes, the fuck out. knock the fuck out. Now, obviously, I don't want the guy permanently injured. Right, and right. I don't even mind a fight where it's legitimately stopped because it's clear that dude is getting the fuck beat out of him. Mm-hmm. I don't mind those either. But when they go, you know, like you watch two people beat the shit out of each other for 12 rounds. And then... You, it's kind of like when you watch the Olympics or like gymnastics and shit like that. You're like, wow, that looked really impressive. And they score them like shit. Like, what, what was wrong with that? I don't understand it. The same right. thing with this. Like, two guys beat the shit out of each other. Like, well, I think this guy beat him up much better. Like, okay. <laughs> he, did it, he did it much better. Yeah. It, it's, I, it's not like a sport where there's a score, where we can clearly watch the score and be like, I can't argue that that basket just went through the fucking hoop. I can't argue it. Mm-hmm. So... I, I see. I've seen bits and pieces of the fight. Uh, I've seen, you know, images uh, after the fight. You know, if you look at both uh, Pacquiao and Mayweather, neither of them really looked like they took too much of a beating from one another. And from what I understand, Mayweather basically danced around the ring and just threw counter punches the entire fight, really? which. Which makes me really glad that I didn't spend a hundred dollars trying to watch that thing, yeah. even if I was in a position to watch it. Right. And so that that just kind of putting those things together, uh, some of the things that you mentioned that ran through my head, and then those things that I mentioned, kind of makes me wonder whether or not that this thing was just a big production. I mean, right. it's not like Pacquiao has a perfect record to protect at this point. It's all just gravy, you know. Right, I mean, he right. just made a fortune for just being there, you mm-hmm. know. From what I understand, they didn't put up a good fight. It wasn't exciting to watch. Almost like so, two guys trying to protect what legacy they had left. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Pacquiao's already got his legacy, and you know, for what he does for his country, you know, he's obviously a politician over there. They mm-hmm. worship him, um, yeah, yeah. and so that's not going to change. Um, Mayweather's a prick, and he, you know, wife-beating piece of shit. Beats, yeah, he's a he's a piece of shit, but he's filthy fucking rich. Yeah, and so at this point, winning uh, is you know, so it, it it makes sense that he would say, okay, listen, let's do this sixty forty, you know, no matter who wins, but you know, I you know, I'm going to give you this much of it, you know, like Mayweather saying, I'm going to cut you this much of the pie for you, for you to, uh, you know, keep, let me keep my perfect record because that's right. his legacy. Right, right. Uh, outside of being a piece of shit. Yeah. Here, here's something interesting that I, I, I'd like your feedback on. So I was watching one of the one of the basketball games, the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. and it was just after the fight and Mark Jackson was part of the, the commentation crew mm-hmm. and they talked a little bit about it and 
weren't very thrilled with it. There were some negative things said about Mayweather, and Mark Jackson kind of chimed up and said, well, you know, you shouldn't be judging this man, you know, based on what he did. You know, the, the fact that he's a white beater, this is about him, you know, him boxing. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying to a point. However, Ryan, if I go out and I murder or I rape somebody and I am a phenomenal, I don't know, fucking runner or athlete, athlete or yeah, I'm, I'm anything, I'm anything and I'm amazing at it. Do you not think like going, well, I understand he raped 15 children, but this guy, he's a really good actor. He, I really like, you know, like you buy it. Like you believe it. He takes control of that. Like, no, no, no. You're a piece of shit in real life. I don't really give a fuck what it is you do for a living. I can't support you because you're an actual piece of shit. I don't well, care here's what you're the, here, And this is the argument, and this is the point that should be emphasized, is that out of your life, you spend, you can count how many hours someone has spent in a professional fight. Mm -hmm. You know, how long did that fight between Mayweather and Pacquiao last? It went, you know, it lasted, what, an hour of regular time? Like... I don't know exactly how long the fight lasted right, right. In, in minutes, but I, I'd say it was probably close to an hour, give or take. And so what he did for that hour should not supersede what he does in his personal life for the rest of his time. Right. And particularly someone that he's married. Like, you know, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, how can you how can you say, oh, no, no, we can't look at that. We have to look at what he's done professionally. Right. I mean, and, uh, and I, no, it's what you do as a human being that defines yeah. you. I mean, I get that you I, look at him and you judge him as a boxer, but from a like he's just not likable for yep. that re like i don't care how good he is at what he is at what he does i cannot like him because of the piece of shit that he is because of all the money he has and it's gone to his head in such a way and all the power and you know everything like that it's the the power that comes along with being able to buy anything and anyone just about you know right. uh wh what comes with that is just this disregard for normal <laughs> for no, you know, for yeah. any normal rights that people are entitled to. It, it's like if this guy is in a fight, and there are people, uh, you know, at the at sitting ringside or whatever that are screaming, you know, you white beaten piece of shit or whatever. Like, no, no, you got to keep those separate. Like, no, 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 you don't keep those separate. I'm not saying you should decide whether this man loses or wins because he's a piece of shit. So fuck him over here. Like, no, no, no. he's allowed to, uh, you know, do his profession. However, part of his profession is to be a a public entertainer. And you a have role to, model. Yeah, you and, have to serve yeah. for you have to answer for everything you've done. So it's yeah. hard to say uh, you call boxers role models because I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. Like right. he's in the yeah, right. I think we're making the same point here. He's in the public eye, and with that comes a certain level of responsibility. Yeah. So yes, judge him on his boxing, but he should have to deal with the uh, yeah the the, the, fallout con the context of the the context of the the question and the context of the conversation obviously you know you can talk about it a little bit differently but if you want to look at this man and assess him for who he is as a person yeah. uh, and when you do that you have to think about everything yep. not a good person yeah. great person <laughs> huge fucking piece of shit right right so anyway a great boxer did i say great boxer or i don't know the point was I, great boxer piece of shit human Right, right. Just in case I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, uh, oh, speaking of boxing, uh, there was a man punched and killed outside of Paris. Yeah, that's actually the headline of the piece, 8 News man Now punched. posted. <laughs> like, I would think, does it really matter? <laughs> but that it's like, well, he got punched and then he was killed. Like, well, who gives a fuck that he got punched? But as I read on, uh, apparently he was killed by that punch. So Jeez. around 4 a.m., because fucked up shit like this seems to always happen in Vegas in the very AM. Two men got into a fight in the Paris parking lot. 
When police arrived on the scene, the victim was found unconscious, lying on the ground. He was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. There are no suspects at this time. However, police are looking to question the people inside two vehicles seen leaving the area at that time. Both Brian had women in them, which further confirms that R. Kelly was right. When a, <laughs> when a woman's fed up, Brian, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> It was so, I, I remember reading that, like, on, oh, I'm just going to destroy this news piece. But, you know, when it was like, oh, he, that's how he died. Like, he was punched to death. Oh, that's fucked up. That's pretty messed <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Like, huh. Where, where, what was Mike Tyson doing at the time? Does anybody know where he was? You know what? I got to tell you, and uh, this is a little side tangent. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to share it. Um, Ryan, I, I, will, I will go sideways to, it, I don't know. I want to hear your story. Whatever it is that you were just trying to say trying that you to wanted to do, I would I love that. Up. Yes, I want more of you. I, I, would, I would love you to do whatever it is you were attempting to say. Um, what I, like, sometimes, like, okay, so, so boxing is, it feels like a, di- it very much feels and looks like it's dying yeah. as a sport. Uh, and so whenever we had this big fight happen a couple weeks ago, it made me start thinking, you know, because, like, for me, I, I I thought boxing was so interesting as a kid. You know, I didn't get to really watch a lot of it. You know, yeah. like uh, you know, as when I was young. But you know, when I got a little bit older, when I was like eleven and twelve, you know, I could watch it. And obviously, I knew the difference from oh, this is a sporting event, this is a controlled environment. Like I understood right, that. Right. And so, like I was okay to watch it. But like for me, during that time when I was that age, you know, Mike Tyson was obviously, you know, right. That was he was the 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 uh, the champ at the time. Yeah. And so, like, I grew up kind of watching Mike Tyson. And so, you know, obviously, you know, there, he has the stigma. And, you know, he seems like he's really cleaned up his life I am lot. quite, yeah. I mean, not, not that he gives a shit, but I am quite proud. I, I love a redemption story. As oh, a, yeah. As yeah. opposed to most uh, Americans who love to watch somebody fall, I, I much rather like to see, see them see, pick themselves yes, up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, life happens. Just fucking learn from it, man. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I, hope he, uh, I hope he stays uh, on the straight and narrow. Well, what I was going to say was the Pacquiao, uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao fight made me, like, want to go to the YouTube, you know, and start. Because <laughs> like, you can watch every single one of Mike Tyson's fights yes. on YouTube. If you haven't seen entirety. that video, go check it out. That is amazing. Um, oh, my God. Just a monster. <laughs> Holy shit. This is like two cannons for, for arms. It's just. Yeah. Ugh. It's 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 breathtaking. And, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, will make the argument that, you know, Ali was the greatest. And, you know, it's. Uh, in my opinion, it's difficult to compare because as science Two and technology... Two very different boxers. Yeah. Very and different. In my opinion, uh, you know, like, just watching... Like, if you take Mike Tyson in his prime, so from his first fights all the way up through, I would even say this Michael Spinks fight. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't see how anyone could beat him. I, I, I don't. I just don't get it. Because I, I remember watching the Buster Douglas fight. Like I have no idea how this is happening. Well, that man, he, it was not. That wasn't Mike Tyson. Well, that's. I don't know. That's I don't know very true. That that's very true. But everything I had seen up to then, you're just like as soon as it started, you're like, what, what's going on? This doesn't look. Well, because like he would just went through so much shit. And yeah. you know, part of the reason why I think he was so screwed up is just because he never really. You know, he didn't grow up with guidance. Yeah, you know? he had and a so, he had a shitty childhood, which of course lent lent itself to. You extremely know, abusive down. and yeah. you know and then obviously all he knows is a teenager and then as he enters his early 20s is uh how to knock somebody right the fuck out right. you know and so that's like violence is just that's his career is to be violent and mm-hmm. so uh, you couple all those things together and then with i'm sure uh, a level of emotional pain from everything that he went through during that time that i'll never probably understand right it's going to break people you know and so you put all that together and obviously he's not 
at least back then, at the very least, if not now, you could argue, yeah, I'm not an educated guy either. Right. And so you just mix all that together. That's very dangerous, you know. And so, you know, I, while you can't really go back and say, oh, you know, you, these are the excuses. He had reasons why he did this. Fuck that. He did some horrible, horrible things. Right. Uh, but at the same time, just absolutely amazing to watch him. I don't see during those that that span of time that those first twenty some odd fights. I don't see anybody in the history of boxing. <laughs> surviving. No, it's you know, it was just yeah. ridiculous. I, 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 I would challenge anybody in, in their prime to fight Tyson in his prime and I do not see how they how they live no, through it. That dude, I mean he was just breathtakingly amazing. He's so much power and he was I, so fast. Well, how many times do you see these guys like you literally watch the lights go out of their eyes. I mean he's just his combinations and the power with the with the hitting, like you literally saw people get knocked the fuck out from Tyson. Right. Right. Oof. Just breaking people's faces yeah, open. I mean, that's right. it's, it's amazing. Car but anyway, crashes with that, each I, hit. I, 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 took, I took us on a side tangent there, but I just wanted to talk about that for a second. Because it's timely. It just, whenever something like that happens, you know, I always go go to YouTube and I get nostalgic or I start <laughs> thinking about things when I was younger. I'm like, I got to take a look at Tyson. Right. And then you watch interviews with him now and he's just like, you know, he, he's, it seems like he gets it now. You know, yeah. he's like, you know, they ask him about all those things. He's like, well, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. You, everyone knows what happened. You know, I'm right. trying to move on. I'm trying to repair Kinda, my I did life. A, I did a movie. I got a book. I got a yeah. live stage. I get on, I've talked I get on about stage and bear my soul yeah. to you. You know, you know I, he's like, I don't know what else you want me to do. You know, right. like, I, you know, yes, I did terrible things. Everyone knows about it. Like, I'm trying to do good things now. Let's, right. do, let's focus on that. Yeah. Good for you, so, Mr. Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> All right, and our final news piece for this week, Las Vegas Retail Club. Yeah, Vegas Eater is reporting that well over a year since they claimed it would happen, the Las Vegas Club has filed paperwork for plans to give up 13,000 square feet of its casino space to a pharmacy believed to be CVS, however, not confirmed. And that one does make the most sense because when you consider it the other end of Fremont, they, got, they already got a Walgreens. They're not going to be able to buy cigarettes there, though. No. <laughs> oh, no, That's no. Right. After already giving up space for an ABC retail location, this addition will leave them at about 9,000 square feet, or about the size of Mermaids or Le Bayou down on Fremont. The pharmacy would be located on the east end of the property, which means that the casino bar will also be a casualty of the new project. The grand plans of the ownership group, who also own Plaza, continue to be unclear, it was rumored. After the property closed, their hotel in 2013, and the arrival of Zappos that they would be turning the Las Vegas club into condos slash apartments, but so far nothing has been done to indicate that that's actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. No word on when the CVS project will be completed. I honestly can't see what they're trying to do outside of that, unless maybe they really are just trying to be a slot parlor like mermaids or something, but whatever. I know little to nothing about this location, so. It's been disappointing from like the day I met it. <laughs> like the first I, do, time I, I defer to your expertise on everything. Yeah. The only thing I will say <laughs> is when we did when we did 360 Vegas Vacation, the original, we were looking to do a group craps game. But, you know, we were at the D. It was too fucking busy. I mean, you can't go to any of those close ones. I'm like, you know where I know a place will be fucking dead? Let's go to Vegas Club. <laughs> <laughs> we went there. We took over a blackjack table. We took over a craps table. <laughs> that's funny. So that's that's one of the things that <laughs> it was the last resort is, is what that yeah. was. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you want to know a piece of shit that's empty? Oh, let's go. Did you did you wake up the next morning feeling a little awkward? Like, can't believe we did that. I felt I felt dirty, <laughs> and I did I did go and have some tests run. I, I was concerned. I yeah, I, you know, we've all been there. You know, <laughs> <It's> just, 
you wake up and you're like, eh. Poor decisions were made. <laughs> yeah, like you're looking for your sunglasses, but it's the first thing in the morning. You don't want to look at it. <laughs> you don't want to look at it unfiltered. Yeah. It, it happens. It all ha- it happens to all of us. You're taking point. a piss. You're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Why does this feel different? I know. Why does, why does this burn so intensely? <laughs> this is something like you're, Yeah, it's, yeah. They're not going to take it down that road quite so. Graphically, it, we were heading yeah. that way. <laughs> I know. I was start, I was like, the gears were going, like, I'm starting to come up with something really bad. And right. Like, eh, let's spare them. We, let's we spare are. Them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I was doing the same thing. <laughs> like, Because well, yeah, you and I, like, if it was just a private conversation, just the two of us, if we were just sitting on your couch watching a movie or something, yeah. like, we would have just taken this yeah, way the fuck out we're, of control. We are trying to find the most. Okay, that was. Heinously yeah. offensive thing you could say. <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's about enough out of us. <laughs> <laughs> like me, like for you and me, this is perfect. This is standard, right. basic kind of approach to that sort of thing. <laughs> it really is trying to get someone to be like, fuck, dude. <laughs> Did you really just say right. that? <laughs> Looking yes. around going, God, who the fuck hurt us? <laughs> <laughs> we had to really watch ourselves at work. Yes, we did. For some times, man. <laughs> we used to, well, we, we used to work together at a really... Yeah, keep your tie really tight around your neck. Right. Button, keep your shirt buttoned up all the way to the top button. And right. Some people there really sipped on that Kool-Aid. <laughs> and they still do, from what I understand. Yeah, we like to piss in it frequently. <laughs> Absolutely. Stir it around with, with my wing. It's got to be mixed somehow. Right. <laughs> Just being courteous, all right? Yep. Otherwise, they're separating. You're not enjoying the entire... Yeah, nobody likes the clumps. No, it's gross. Clumps in there, it's not good. Uh, let's move on to prop best before we hurt ourselves even further. Because I already felt the gears running again. Like, how yeah, can I yeah, one yeah, up yeah, on this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those uh, of you unfamiliar, uh, the extension of the news segment is called Prop Bets. It's in honor of our good friend, uh, Props2, uh, who you had the pleasure of meeting over the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I did, and I shared, uh, even even in his company, he, he had a shirt airbrushed that... Uh, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. It was on Twitter. It's, it's not going anywhere. I don't know why. I've tried to explain it to him a thousand times. Listen, here's the basics of prop bets. Prop bets is when we do the news, Brian reads the headline, I read the news, then we discuss. Prop bets is just something that's interesting and like a prop bet where it's kind of a one-off thing. Yeah. Brian's going to read a bit. I'm going to read a bit. Brian's going to read another one. Then I read one. We're all going to take turns here. Sometimes we talk about things. Sometimes we don't. That has nothing to do with the difference between news and prop bets. It's just explaining why Brian and I are going to start taking turns talking about shit. Yeah. There it is. That's it. It's not going anywhere. So. Yeah, he has Mr. Salty Face on with his T-shirt. And... He was so much fun. It's one of the <laughs> one of the ridiculous perks of this show is meeting some of the amazing people I get to meet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's some pretty of you cool. suck too, but <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you've had some positive encounters because I'll tell you, like obviously I, I well actually not, it's not obvious, but I I used to listen to Disney podcasts too because obviously we, as everyone knows on this show we're we're almost as much of di- fans of Disney as we are of, of Vegas at least I am uh, more so I guess yeah um, but. I've been to a couple of those meeting meet and greets, those those podcast meetups, and some of the fucking people that show up there, man, are weird. Like, it, it's really bizarre. And you know, like everyone, I, I try to be respectful of, of you know people being their their you know they're them all they're they're individuals. They have their own quirks, just like I do. I'm certainly not flawless. Right, I've right. got yeah, yeah. problems of my own. But you know, 
it was just bizarre to watch people uh, sort of almost worship the ground that these people walk on. And these are just people. Yeah. These are just regular people, just like you and me. Yeah. You know, like, and you could tell it made them a little uncomfortable, you know, and it's like they're trying to be friendly and they're trying to be grateful. You know, hey, thanks for supporting my show. Thanks for coming out. It's nice to meet you. And it's just weird. Like, they're just forcing this conversation to go on longer just to continue that interaction. It's just really bizarre. Then they walk around Epcot or Magic Kingdom and they're followed by all these people for hours. It's just... Uh, and and this, uh, we went and we met one of the podcasters that we really like who has a really big following and he's won a lot of awards. This is like his job full time and he mm-hmm. makes a killing. Uh, but, you know, we met him and then we talked to one of the guys there who was telling us about all the stuff that I just basically said. He was like, yeah, he's like, you know, I was going to go hang out with him yesterday and then... Uh, he's like, it just got weird. Yeah. It just got really strange. And so you can start to see that happening, you know, and then like it becomes this entourage thing and then it's an ongoing thing where these people are just at every meetup and it's almost like, you know, he's got this little crew that he rolls with and, you, you know, you could tell to him, it's like, yeah, hey, thanks for coming. Right. But it's just weird. They just follow him around like little puppy dogs. It's yeah. Bizarre. I've experienced something similar. I won't go into any details, but I, yeah. I have as well. Yeah. So that's the only thing I will say about the podcast uh, experience, I guess. And one of the reasons why I've been a little apprehensive about meeting people is because, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to be judgmental of anybody ever. So therefore I don't want to be in a put, put in a position where I feel like that might happen, you know, cause I don't want to be unfair or a, I don't want to overtly be a dickhead anymore. Right. I, I naturally, we am. judge people constantly on this show, but from an entertainment perspective, yeah, I mean, it's right. it's all of it. Like I would anything that I've ever said about anybody on this show, I would say to their face. The difference is, in most cases, when we're here, it, I'm like, I'm just, I was just trying to make a joke. Is all I was. Yeah, you just to want do. to be funny. Yeah. You're hoping somebody's going to laugh at it somewhere. But yeah, there's literally nothing that I've said. Even even the shit that I'm like, oh no, I meant that. You are a fucking piece of shit. I yeah. say, I, I nothing will come out of my mouth that I wouldn't say to someone's face. I've, I've said it before that it's like the only reason I'm not telling what I'm saying right now to that person is because they're not in my vicinity. Oh, boy, yeah. Too. yeah. I'm just too lazy to keep secrets, bro. It's just not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the bottom line. I'm I'm gl- I'm glad that you've had some positive interactions with our listeners because yeah. I believe that we have got a lot of great listeners. Absolutely, I've interacted with some, uh, you know, myself uh, over Twitter and stuff, and it just seems like we've got a great great community of listeners. So yeah, it's cool. Yep, cool. All right, so props to or excuse me, <laughs> prop bets. Pardon me. Uh, let's start the list off this week with uh, Caesars, and they're announcing that they're no longer accepting cash bets at their poker tables. Yeah, let's just assume that everyone is going to do this, so we don't have to report it anymore. Mm. Now, Caesars has also officially removed themselves from the number of options available to play video poker at because they have downgraded all of their tables under $1 to 6 5 hmm. It doesn't get worse than that. Literally doesn't get worse than that. It's pretty bad. There's absolutely, there's, this makes it absolutely pointless to play video <laughs> poker at Caesars. Exactly. There's absolutely no reason to walk into a Caesars property if you want to play video poker. Don't even bother yeah. walking in. Right. Yeah. yeah. As which is really too bad. I agree. <laughs> That's awful. Teased by Scott on our last show, Derek Stevens himself revealed on Periscope that he was the casino operator who bought all the slot machines at Riviera. I do have to say, I'm a little surprised that I didn't think about it myself. He used to own a piece or still owned a piece of Riviera. So how I didn't pick up, pick up on that when Scott mentioned it, I'm a little disappointed myself. The man who accused Chris Brown of punching him, another piece of shit that I would tell to his face. The man who, and probably get my ass kicked for doing it. The man who accused Chris Brown. He's got a violent streak. Yeah, just a, just a smidge. It doesn't matter. Chicks, dudes, doesn't matter. No, he doesn't discriminate. No, he does not. 
the man the abuser right <laughs> the man who accused Chris Brown of punching him after the two got into an argument while playing basketball at the Palms has decided to drop the charges no word on how much the out of court settlement was yeah, he got paid up. Here's my question to you. I, 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 Karen didn't agree with me, but then again, she's never played basketball before. If they were playing basketball, right, and it gets a little chippy down there sometimes, is it fair? Like, let's say you get into a bit of a fight playing a basketball game or whatever. Let, let's say you went to the Y, so it's kind of a public. You know, you're, you're playing with people you don't know. And you get into a bit of a fight and a guy punches you. Are you suing him? Are you calling the police, Brian? No, I'm going to fucking fight him. I'm going to fight him, but, you know, like... I'm not going to assume. See, I totally agree with you. When I heard that this happened while they were playing basketball at the Palms, I'm like, none of it counts. The only reason he's being sued is because this is Chris Brown. The rest of this, shit like that happens when you play basketball. It gets a little chippy. You get a little competitive. Shit like that happens. This man isn't Chris Brown. This happens a fucking thousand times a day all over the, all over the world playing basketball. Well, it's yeah, it's because it's Chris Brown and he's got money and that guy knows. He's like, well, if I bring him to court again because Chris Brown obviously has something to lose at this point having been in and out of court so much for violence right obviously that's going to be a different scenario for him so he's got something to lose there's definitely a level of protection that he's probably he's more guarded uh, probably on that now but you would think like that would <laughs> you know, he would learn his lesson a little bit. He really would. I mean, it's, everybody unfortunately, he needs to understand that because he's in the line of work that he's in, he's not allowed to abide by the standard rules that the rest of us have to. Mm-hmm. So, right, what, of course. There's a, there's somebody else. Uh, not to make excuses for him because I'm with you. I think he's a fucking piece of shit. But I think he I think he is a piece of shit because he's been in the public eye and he's essentially been a celebrity since he was a teenager. Yes. I mean, a young teenager. Oh, yeah. Like, very young. So, I mean, this it kind of doesn't surprise me. Yeah. People who are don't have normal childhoods typically are end up more fucked up. Yeah. As soon as you Michael get the Jackson. neck tattoo, you're like, mm, you're, you're... When you start tattooing your neck and face... Yeah. Uh, You've really yeah. limited your career professional options. Yeah. Well, in Chris <laughs> Brown's case, he's obviously got more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime. Right. Uh, and there's obviously a lot more to come. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he can do what he wants, but it's gonna be weird seeing. So, like, it's gonna be weird seeing if they make it this long, Lil Wayne and you know Chris Brown and all these guys with tattoos on their necks and faces when they're like 60, 70, 80 years old, and how stupid they're gonna look. I know. <laughs> Starting in June, Cosmopolitan will accept Apple Pay for hotel bar VIP services and purchases at some of its retail stores. No plans to extend the digital currency to gaming. Mark, since our last show, the Apple Watch has released. What's your interest level, if any? I just don't get it. I mean, I, I get the idea that it's it's a techie thing. I get the idea that it, it, it's a sci-fi thing. I just don't understand the point. I mean, it's it, maybe it's just not for me. Yeah, I, I you know I have the I've, I've got the Husky iPhone. Yeah, uh, you know I've got the Plus because I wanted the bigger screen because you know I just I well I work from home full time. Uh, I don't necessarily I don't keep my phone in my pocket really because it's on my desktop near me or sometimes it's you know i'll set it down somewhere but you know i'm not on the go and therefore uh having a more compact device does not appeal to me i want something with a bigger screen and so uh the idea that i have to like you know have this tiny tiny little uh you know wristwatch size screen to read shit on and do shit on doesn't appeal to me that and when it has to interface with my phone i think that's the dumbest fucking (laughs) thing i've ever heard that that to me i was like why are you even bothering them that's so fucking stupid 
Like, I mean, I, yeah, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of it, but it's not standalone. You have to have your phone, and it has to interface with your phone. And so, therefore, you have to. It's just basically, if you're not typically a watch wearer, if you're if you wear watches every day, or some people like I, I don't do this, but some people who wear watches on a daily basis, they sleep with their watch on. Uh, if you're like one of those people. That might be something that you could be interested in if you're somebody who is, you know, you commute or if you live in a big city. Like, I can see where having that immediate access without having to reach into your pocket to see something or to get a reminder or to check for directions or something like that. Like, I, I can see there being a demographic, a target market for these, you know, for, for this device. But yeah. for somebody like me, I don't even, I mean, I barely even get fucking dressed anymore. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, even one, at some point, obviously, it'll be a standalone device. I just don't get it, it for, for so many reasons. Like, I obviously, I if you dramatically scale back what it can actually do, I get some of it, but texting from your fucking, you know, from your watch or, or even answering a phone, how fucking annoying. I mean, it, it was talking on speakerphone in public not annoying enough, you know, I would just want to fucking shout into your goddamn wrist. Yeah, I mean, and then people say, well, I could just get a Bluetooth headset. Okay, well, what's the difference between using a Bluetooth headset with your phone then? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you I can, they have Bluetooth headsets with tiny little LED screens on them so you can see who's calling on yeah. them. I had one myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, to each their own. I just, yeah. it, it, of all the things I've seen Apple come up with, I'm like, this is the first one that I'm like, oh, this is just dumb. I thought for sure they were going to go the augmented way, like, uh, you know, like um, with the Google Glass. Right. Which I actually saw, I mean, if you use it properly, you know, if you're not like a fucking tool and you wear it constantly and you're, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like a glass hole. Right. Uh, you know, if you're not one of those people, I, I thought that was a really cool idea. I mean, I considered getting one just because. Oh, I, it's going that way. I, I get yeah. it 20 years before that's how we interact with our computer screens. That, to me, has more value oh, than yeah. a watch. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm relatively convinced this was a less of a technical achievement and more of a we could make some money off this. Let's let's make yeah. one of these. It's a ca it's kind of a cash grab. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a side note, I fucking adore Apple Pay. God, I love it. I will I patronize it at all. I've Are been you shitting about me? it, but Brian, I, I will patronize places intentionally to support Apple Pay because I know that they have like I'll go across the street. It might be a little more difficult. I'm like, nope. I want to use Apple Pay. I want to make sure I support this this medium. I don't. I don't go out as much as I used to, uh, and the places I do go to. I went to a CVS today. Uh, I had the option to use Apple Pay, but I just don't. I don't use it. I love it so much. I love it so much. I'm interested, though. I'm curious. Yeah. Vegas Eater is reporting that Sin City Brewery has released its first Maybach. For those of you not fluent in beer, a Bach is an amber beer with a high alcohol content with a very smooth finish, and Mai is simply German for May. So Sin City's Maybach is 7.2% alcohol and is also available seasonally. So hopefully in June, I will still uh -huh. be able to get the May beer. I had an amazing nitro poured milk stout yesterday. What? Oh, yeah. Nice. Rocked my world. <laughs> so good. Yes. Mm. It was very, I would, I, would, I would compare it to like a Guinness. It had that creamy wow. head to it. Oh, love it. So good. It goes down so good. Mm. <laughs> now I want one. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> After having to cancel additional shows while her ankle healed, Britney Spears returned to the stage at Planet Hollywood last Thursday. No word if it will continue to limit her ability to dance and lip sync. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said cankle, but I... <laughs> I don't know if you heard my brief, brief, my, like my pause, my slight pause. <laughs> I was thinking about it. It's so subtle. It's so subtle. <laughs> Less than a week 
and roughly three shows into her Vegas residency. Mariah Carey canceled two shows, claiming she's been fighting bronchitis and needed to rest her voice. But later in the day, a photo of her with her kids at Circus Circus Adventure Dome was shared via social media. Yeah, you know, it's it, when, when you're when you get lazy and you don't perform and do anything for a while, get back there and having to get back to work, it's tough. Yeah. Now, who wants to work when you haven't worked in a while? I can see the origins of the new Aretha. The new urethra? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Aretha Franklin um, um, growing in her or out, mm-hmm. out of her. Yep. She's gotten to be a larger woman now. Mm-hmm. She's full figured. She is now. Curvy. Those of you with a billion dollars burning a hole in your pocket, the crystals at City Center are for sale again, despite the $170 million profit MGM posted in the first quarter of this year. By comparison, Caesar's CEO, Gary Loveman, in his last conference call with investors before stepping down in July, reported their best quarterly performance since 2008. $7.7 million of income on $2.2 billion of revenue. Yeah, not too shabby. While still working out the details... The Las Vegas City Council voted unanimously to allow alcohol to be served in movie theaters. For those of you on the Strip, Palms Hotel and Casino is the closest movie theater to the Strip. There is no proper movie theater within walking distance of downtown. Vegas Theater shared Delano's new beach club. Uh, the space offers a huge chessboard located on a wet deck, hammocks, as well as chase lounges, and 16 poolside cabanas. While it was made clear that they do not have loud music, it's unclear if that means they don't have any music at all. I love playing chess, but doesn't that seem like the nerdiest thing you could possibly do is play giant chess? Uh, well, it depends, Mark, if it's wizard's chess. <laughs> uh, well, if obvi- I can actually obviously, mouse. Brian, I'm not talking about wizard's chess. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, because if it was, that would be pretty cool. It, no less nerdy, uh, but it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I'm sure as shit not playing any fucking chess. Anything that Vegas requires thought point. beyond odds. Right? Won't be played no. in Vegas. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Hooters Hotel and Casino was purchased by Trinity Hotel Investments for $53.8 million. The ownership group plans to change the name of the property and have their Holiday Inn brand run the property, but they will not rename it that. As expected, initial reviews of Mariah Carey's show at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace are bad. Uh, most complaints surround her inability to hit the high notes, and the show lacks energy. Yeah, from my understanding, she just kind of walks around in new outfits periodically. Hmm. The first weekend of the inaugural Rock in Rio USA saw 82,000 people attend, less than half of the venue's two-day capacity, and projections of 170,000 people. Regardless, management was excited about the turnout. Well, someone has to be. Right. MGM Resort CEO Jim Murin confirmed that what we knew six months ago, thanks to Vital Vegas, that Monte Carlo is in line to undergo a big makeover, which can include a new name. However, now details were disclosed that they aren't ruling anything out. Coachella, Lollapalooza, and Rock and Rio have already banned them, and Life is Beautiful and EDC are looking into banning selfie sticks as well. Perhaps you should ban the people who actually use the contractions. I imagine they would piss people off more than the selfie sticks. Yeah. That that was an awful joke as I was trying to make. There. I don't know. You know what's funny? Well, you, you owned it, though, and that's yeah. commendable. Thank you. You know what's funny? I didn't realize that's what those things were. I thought that they were some POV camera shot thing. I didn't realize they that 
they were specifically selfie sticks. That's so ridiculous. yeah. They're, they they look pretty stupid. People look dumb using them too. Yeah, I saw them the last time we were in Disney uh, a couple months ago. Um, we saw uh, foreign people were using them a lot. Right. And I was just like, come on. Well, that's like, where... there's there's cast members standing around at like their job is to take your picture. Like right. they're wearing special vests that say photo pass on them. Like. That's what they're there for. Just have them fucking take your picture. See, I think why I didn't catch on to what it was is I assumed that they weren't using the for, you know that they were using the forward-facing camera. So it was kind of like you're walking in a crowd, but you got a camera a little bit higher up to kind of catch the ambiance. I'm like, okay, I guess that's what you were doing, Mark, was giving people the benefit of the doubt, which I would <laughs> say is is a little uncharacteristic for you. It is. Um, it, it is a faux pas on my part. <laughs> <laughs> As was the use of that word. Uh, because the people who listen to the show are as interested in things that are somehow affiliated with Vegas as the people, or person, in this case, Mark, Me. who writes the show, uh, I do not write the show at all. <laughs> hey, hey, don't completely and, distance yourself by going, everything I say is this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is all Mark's work. And I cl- take no claim. Um, uh, the Picasso painting that broke rec- the record for the most expensive painting in history replaced Elaine Wynn to earn such an honor. Uh, previously, Elaine held the record for her 2013 purchase of Francis Bacon's Three Studies of Lucian Freud for $142.4 million. Wow, that's a lot of money. Uh, those of you not in the know about high-priced art auctions, Picasso's Les Femmes d'Alger, version zero, is that what it is? Or O. I'm not sure. Or this o. is way over our head. I just Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I struggled just even pronouncing it. I was impressed. Uh, it's it sold for $179.4 million. It's fascinating. Like, I'm not one of those people who are like, fucking bullshit. They're wasting all that money. Like, they fucking earned it. But it's fascinating to see money thrown around like that for, for art or things that, you know, we can't even fully wrap or appreciate. I'm not cultured enough to... Uh, to have any level of appreciation for this, like I can respect the artist's uh, talent, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, this this doesn't mean anything to me. If I were hanging this in my in, in my like, if I had that kind of scratch to right. spend, uh, if I were to purchase something like that and hang it somewhere in my house, uh, the odds of me looking at it really past that maybe week when it's still fresh mm-hmm. uh, are very slim. Like, what are the odds to hang something and go? That's more money than 10 people will make in their entire lives. <laughs> I'd be more excited to look at and hang up a poster, like a limited edition uh, Legend <laughs> of Zelda poster that I got. That, to me, is more interesting and more exciting than this. <laughs> right. And th- that probably costs a dollar to make. You know, I-, I imagine when you can buy anything that at some point you run out of shit to buy. <laughs> and like, you can buy a print. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's gonna look the same. I, you know, like you can get a print uh, on canvas, and from a distance, no one's gonna know. Yeah, I don't. Just keep it out of reach. As expected, <laughs> the Neon Museum has confirmed that several pieces of Riviera's signage has been donated to them and will be exhibited at some point in the future. I don't know anything about art, so. But <laughs> I know what I like, which is primarily photography and sculpture. Oh, I love sculpture, specifically <laughs> things that are giant, because I'm like, oh my god, I can come to life again. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever actually happen, but the fear still resides in me, Brian. It's unlikely, but I think that's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's unlikely, but not impossible. Right. <laughs> it's, it's improbable, right. not impossible. It wasn't disclosed exactly what the Neon Museum will be getting, when they will be getting it, or if they will be lighting it via the actual Neon. They did not reply to my inquiry prior to like, us recording. Yeah, they, they're assholes. Uh, 
No, no, they're not. They're no, not. They I don't, don't know them. They're very. I don't nice. know them. That's an unfair judgment. They're busy people. They're busy. Finally, for prop bets, Taylor Swift's people blocked the previously advertised free live stream on Yahoo Music of her performance at Rock and Rio U.S. Uh, it isn't clear if it was canceled or never approved by her camp, but it's believed the reason either way was that it would essentially reveal the show she will be performing during her upcoming 2014 <laughs> last year's world tour. <laughs> I, I saw 2015 and I read 2014 anyway. <laughs> I, sure I don't think seeing a hey, it wouldn't deter me. If I'm going to go see somebody that I, that I want to see a band that I want to see, knowing what it is that they're going to perform or even seeing their show on, I, I don't know, it wouldn't deter me. Like, uh, I've well, seen the experience it. live would be completely different. Right, I totally agree. Yeah, and there's going to be little nuances that are different. I mean, you don't expect somebody to have prepared a different performance for every fucking show. Like, that's not reasonable to assume or expect that out of a performer. At least I don't think so. No, I agree. That's going to conclude the news and prop bets, so let's go ahead and move on to Playing Vegas. Time for Playing Vegas, a segment of our show we share with you upcoming entertainment opportunities outside of the normal residencies occurring within the next week in Las Vegas. On Tuesday, GCJ is performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $28. Thursday, Cars is playing at Container Park's Family Movie Night. Show starts at 7.30. Admission is free. I'll tell my son. <laughs> we'll be on the first thing smoking down there. <laughs> Not that we can't watch it here on DVD. But. It's an event now. Uh, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, Mariah Carey is performing at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets will start at $55. Friday, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds are performing at the Joint at Hard Rock. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $35. That was a great show. Blood, Sweat, and Tears are performing at the Golden Nugget. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $32. Bette Midler is at the MGM Grand. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $107. Sublime with Rome are performing at Mandalay Bay. Show starts at 9. Tickets start at 57. And Martin Short is performing at the Mirage. Show starts at 10 p.m. Tickets start at 65. Friday through Sunday, Air Supply is performing at the Orleans. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $44. Or if you'd like to wait until Epcot's Food and Wine Festival, they will likely be performing there this fall <laughs> for free. Saturday, Casey and the Sunshine Band are performing at the Fremont Street Experience 3rd Street Stage. Show starts at 9 p.m. Admission is free. I can't confirm that, but it's reasonable to assume they'll be there. Yeah, odds are. Yeah. (laughs) There's a track record. Along with Jefferson Starship. (laughs) Survivor. I've seen Survivor. (laughs) Saturday and Sunday, Kevin Hart is at Mandalay Bay. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets will start at 50 bucks. All right, that's going to wrap up Playing Vegas. Let's move on to coming attractions. Uh, he was not a happy camper about something. <laughs> Your show sucks. <laughs> I talked to that dog, Dad. Your show yeah. sucks. <laughs> I was going to say the dog is somewhere like wiping its ass on the ground again. <laughs> they have some kind of child canine connection where yeah. they're able to communicate. 
All right, it's time for Coming Attractions. Coming Attractions is, for those of you unfamiliar, the segment of our show we share with you upcoming entertainment opportunities outside of the normal residencies that will be occurring in the future, not within the week, which is why we do playing in Vegas. <laughs> They're just different. You can support the show when you shop at Vegas.com and get discount prices on shows, nightclubs, flights, and just about everything in Vegas, including a best price guarantee that will alert you if room rates fall below what you paid. Just go to 360VegasPodcast.com, click on one of the banners, and go about your purchase. 360Vegas and Vegas.com. Everything you need to get ready for your next trip to Vegas. All right, kicking off the coming attractions list for this week, the Fremont Street Experience announced their summer concert series lineup. They are as follows. On May 30th, Tonic and Vertical Horizon. On June 13th, The Smithereens, The Tubes, and The Motels. On June 27th, Smash Mouth and Toad in the Wet Sprocket. July 18th, Theory of a Dead Man. Saturday, August 1st, oh, this is great. Spin Doctors and Cherry <laughs> Poppin' Daddies. And September 6th, Kansas and Blue Oyster Cult. All shows start at 9 p.m. to admission will be 100% free. Offspring is performing at Brooklyn Bowl Friday, July 17th. Doors will open at 7.30. Tickets will start at $43.00. Heart is performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay Thursday through Saturday, August 13th through the 15th, and November 11th through the 21st. Show starts at 7 p.m. Tickets will start at 70 bucks. Madonna is performing at the MGM Grand Saturday, October 24th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at 43. Nothing disgusting about a 56-year-old skank showing off her pooter, Brian. Some would debate with you, I guess, but <laughs> I, I, I won't be one of them. That was sarcasm. She's disgusting. <laughs> I know. All right, and finally, Primus with Clutch are performing at... Did I say that right? Primus? Yeah. I don't know who they are. <laughs> no idea. Uh, Primus with Clutch. I don't know who Clutch is either. Robert Ori is going to be there. Robert what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice! <laughs> it took me a second. I'm like, Robert Ori? Oh. See, it was okay. It was yes. okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, those people are performing at the Joint at Hard Rock Friday, September 4th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $43. Don't forget, you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists to report on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode 168. We thank you all for listening, downloading, and hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. And um, sorry we've been gone for so long. Just because life Life. Happens. Life has gotten in the way. It was funny. Somebody had mentioned, somebody said something about, hey, are you doing a show this week? I'm like, no, it's been, you know, the, the boy's been a little more challenging this week than I expected. I haven't had time. He's like, you really fucking take that serious? I'm like, yeah, I actually do. I like having the kind of dog people are like, oh my god, that's the best behaved dog I've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And and actually, I remember being just so amazed uh, at how well behaved Loki was, and yeah. uh, you know, he's such a good boy. So I mean, obviously, a great level of care and dedication goes into that. And then, obviously, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't write the show; I just show up for this shit. So, <laughs> but I couldn't even do that over the past couple of weeks. It's our, so it, it's, yeah, our partnership was strained. Yeah. No, well, not our partnership, but, well, for the sake of the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Our it's friendship would never be strained. Fuck. No, no. no. Nothing, Brian. No. Nothing. It's rock hard. <laughs> or, I, I mean, I am. Because of that thing. If you'd like to check out Ella for the past hour, or for the past <laughs> one hour, 15 minutes, and 22 seconds, <laughs> I have been erect. Uh, if you'd like to check out any of the stories that we referenced on this week's show, you can do that on the blog at 360VegasPodcast.com. That is as per usual. Uh, also, support the show via PayPal donations, buying stuff from our merch store. That's at Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas. Or just help others find our show by reviewing us on iTunes. Good, bad, or indifferent. We will read all the reviews on the show. Uh, and that's it. Oh, if you want to send us some feedback, written or audio, you can do that. Uh, send those over to 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. I'm looking do forward to our first audio review, so um, the pressure's on, folks. 
Yeah, yeah. Who's gonna be first? Who's yeah. gonna be number one? It's gonna be good. And yeah. not, not number one as in the best, but number one. Like. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it'll be the best one. It's the only option at first. See, get your review in first. You'll be the best for a period of time. Mm-hmm. If, right. if yeah. nothing else in life, you would be the best at something for a moment. Yep. That's true. It's actually true. What's going on this weekend? Anything special? Memphis is going through its Orlando phase where it'll fucking pour rain for half the day and then be sunny and maybe it'll be sunny or it'll be cloudy or it'll threaten that it's going to rain then it never does but now the sun doesn't come out. So so next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Um, I'll be traveling again (laughs) (laughs) because that's what I do on the weekends these days. Yeah, it's no worries. If I've got another show uh, on deck, I've got a I've got a solid backup for you, so it's good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you need to take the week off, that's cool. All right, cool. Well, you enjoy your weekend. Will do. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> I just By need... the way, you people. Right. <laughs> we're just, like, talking like it's just us again. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week in some incarnation or another. Yeah.